0: 80 to 90% of your deals will come from follow-up. If you're the kind of person that gets discouraged on somebody saying, hey, I'm not interested, and then you're like, oh, it doesn't work, then you're never gonna be successful in this business.
1: This is the naked truth about real estate investing. Your host, Javier, has already been through all the brain damage of this business, so you don't have to go through it. That way, you're not exposed to all of the risk of losing your shirt or getting caught with your pants down. So let's dive into another No BS episode right now. Hello, everybody. I am Javier Inojo, your host of the Naked Truth About Real Estate Investing. And on today's show, we have Sharat Meta from Canada, who has flipped houses remotely in Indiana and around that area without being there, right? That's what I understand. You've been doing some Yeah, I haven't food, been
0: there in a couple of years now.
1: Wow. And you've owned 50 free and clear rentals. You outsource a lot of your, or you have good systems and processes to have your business do a lot for you, which I'm super excited because I used to flip houses. And like I told you, I tell people I'm 24 years old, but it looked like I'm 42 because I did it the wrong way and I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. That's why I stopped and started buying apartments. But I'm really, really interested in hearing your story, how you got started and what got you to flipping remotely. So, but first- Go ahead and say, tell the audience a little bit about yourself.
0: Sure. My name is Sharad Mehta. I live in Toronto, Canada, actually right outside of Toronto, Canada, and I'm married. I've been with my wife for 20 years now. We've been married for nine, 10 years, but I've been with her for 20 years and two kids, five-year-old and a one-year-old. I'm a full-time real estate investor since 2011. And I also own a software company that started out from a personal need that I have in real estate investing. But I do my investing in Northwest Indiana. For anybody who's not familiar, it's right outside of Chicago, uh, practically a suburb of Chicago, but it's in Indiana, like 30 to 45 minutes drive from downtown Chicago.
1: How far is that from South Bend? South Bend, I would say about an hour and a half. All right. Yeah. They have a property right outside of South Bend, so...
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I'd
1: say about an hour and a half from there. Awesome. For sure. Yeah. So you still have rental properties there, right? Now? I do. Okay. Right. Yeah. And you do in house management. It says you ha- yeah, you we own, 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 own property a property
0: management, management company in house. And we, you know, they manage my properties, of course, and for other investors that we sell properties too.
1: Awesome. And then how about flipping? You still flipping? Yeah. We flip about
0: forty properties a year.
1: Okay. All right. So let's get started on uh on flipping forty properties per year. Right? And you're in Toronto. Right. And uh, so tell me what the process looks like, like that, like a lot of the audience So be wanting to know.
0: So, actually, I want to know. so the reason I picked Northwest Indiana is because I used to actually live in Chicago downtown uh, and I read a book, Millionaire Real Estate Investor, and that kind of got me started on my journey. And I kind of used that as a blueprint of my investing, used it as a guide more or less. And that's how I picked Northwest Indiana. And the book talks about like pick an area that's, I think at that time, it talked about two hours or 45 minutes or an hour. So, you know, I kind of radius up any place that I could drive to within an hour of downtown Chicago. And then Indiana happened to fall in that radius. So that kind of got me curious. So I started out buying rental properties. I used to be an accountant before I started investing. So, you know, getting passive income was the primary Reason why I wanted to invest in real estate. So I started out buying rental properties for myself. So I bought a few properties and then I started working with Australian investors. Uh, this was in 2012 through 14. You know, after the real estate market collapsed kind of in the U.S., the Australian dollar was very strong against the U.S. So, We had a lot of people from overseas buying properties in the U.S. So I was working with an Australian company, selling them a lot of properties. The money that I was making from those properties, I just kept reinvesting into more rental properties for myself. So that's how I have most of my properties are paid for free and clear. And then from there, I got into fix and flip and also started selling turnkey properties to other investors that were looking to buy passive properties.
1: So on the fix and flip, are you uh, selling those or like on the open market, or are you selling those to investors?
0: Uh, I would say about 50-50, 50% out okay. retail. I mean, now lately it's been more MLS, where we're your know, typical fix and flip on the market MLS, uh, but we do also sell some properties to other investors. That's about 60-65% have been MLS properties.
1: Awesome. And then, so then you, how are you managing that? Like
0: your deal flow and who's out there doing
1: the boots in the ground?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been into systems and processes. And, you know, I read a lot. I mean, not as much as I would like to, but, you know, sometimes you read a book and it has a really huge impact on how you look at things personally, professionally. So one of the books that I read was E Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. So that had a huge impact on how I started seeing my business. This was back in 2012-13 is when i read the book so that had a huge impact on how I looked at, it talks about like you need to have systems and processes you know the process should be repeatable like you should not have to explain to your team the same thing over and over again it should be documented so that's kind of how i got started you know we looked for example the flips that we do i started making a list of if we are doing a rental property for example right we want to use the same paint, same flooring, same kitchen cabinet, same faucet, light fixture, you know, so those are the decisions I want to make once and then never have to come back and make those decisions. Or maybe, you know, revisit those once a year, depending on some stuff that might not be in production anymore. And then for the flips that we do that we're selling to homeowners, again, you know, I, I'm not an interior designer. So what I would do is I would hire an interior designer, or I would just look at like some other flips on the market that's sold very, very quickly, like in a day or two and see, you know, what their design was like. And honestly, like just copy them in a county that's made of like small cities. So if I have like five or six designs, then I can just rotate through those designs in the multiple cities that we do flips. And so I don't have to keep coming up with these. Like it's, it's about like just making systems, processes, and then just replicating those and then following that. Like now for a fix and flip business, my operations manager, my COO is actually in South Carolina. My project manager who manages all our contractors, she's actually in California. So she's managing all our projects from California, the projects that we're going on in Indiana. And I think she hasn't been to Indiana either in the last couple of years. So everything is very, very remote. But I mean, these are some flips where we spend 50 dollars dollars $70,000 on a rehab. So these are not small flips, but major rehabs that we're doing in the market.
1: All right. So- I've interviewed a lot of investors. I've been to a lot of masterminds, a lot of, and you're the first one that I hear that you're doing project management in Indiana from California, right? Especially the construction. That is pretty interesting, right? But it does come down to your, right? Your systems and process. I have a friend who yep. flips on like 150 properties and here locally, and I can, I know it's this house when I drive down the street. I'm like, oh, gray house, red door, and yeah. I know the landscape. Because I was the same thing. Oh, that's, that's my buddy's house. That's my buddy's house. And I'll say Great. five or six the same neighborhood, so it's very systematized. So as far as um, you have uh, your COO in South Carolina and your project manager in California. So who's checking like the quality of work? Is that going to be like your listing agents at that point? Or who does that?
0: Yeah. So we have one team member, the acquisition person. So she's the one who actually is locally she's the one who's going on appointments. So we do a lot of direct to seller marketing, like direct mail, cold calling and PPC. So she's the one actually going on meeting the sellers, but she's not the one, like if you're listing a property on the market, then she would wear her agent hat and go and look at the property and like tell us, Hey, this thing, needs to be buttoned up or, you know, this looks great, you know, and she will do that analysis. But for like day-to-day project management stuff, I mean, we have a very simple system. Like, you know, we start the project. If contractors need to get paid, they need to send us pictures and videos of the progress they've done, right? And then we'll have somebody independently that we would hire for like a couple of hours, like pay them 25 bucks an hour, for example, to just go drive by all the properties, make sure what the contractors are saying is consistent with what the independent person is telling us. And then we would hire a home inspector that we would have walked through before we put a property on the market. We would have a home inspector walk through and just give us a report. He would charge us like 150 bucks. He would give us a report letting us know, okay, these are things that might come up on the inspection report. Sort of like an independent check of what the contractors are doing by a couple of different people. So we're not, we don't really need a full-time person locally to check on these things. The contractors that we've been working with, we've been working with them for like three, four years now. So, you know, you have that trust built in that, hey, as long as you are doing what you are supposed to be doing, we'll make sure we keep you busy enough. You know, you don't have downtime between the projects.
1: Oh, that is awesome. That is super cool. the way you have that structured... Mm-hmm. And uh, it just seems like it's flowing a while. So what would you say would be putting everything remote? What was the biggest mistake that you guys made?
0: Uh, the biggest mistake would be, and like I would say, it all comes down to hiring, like not hiring the right person, trusting them too much right away without letting them earn the trust in the business. I think those are some of the mistakes, biggest mistakes we've made. Hired somebody and said, hey, you know, we have these systems here, you go and run with it rather than saying, okay, you know, I'm going to let you do this small part. And then you need to earn, you know, your trust to let me give you the next part of it. Same thing, you know, with the contractors, if you hire somebody, you know, a new contractor, we're not going to give them like a fifty, sixty dollars $60,000 rehab. We might use them for a small project, like, hey, can you just go paint this house? If you do a good job, we'll pay you three, four, whatever money you charge, then we'll bump you up to a little bit bigger project. And then if you do a good job on that, then you've earned your way to get an even bigger project to work on. Oh, that is pretty cool. That that is awesome.
1: So you started, you live in Chicago, you started working there for a while. How long were you there before you ended up going to Toronto?
0: I actually first moved to San Diego in 2015. So I was there for, I lived in Chicago for 10 years, but as an investor investing in Northwest Indiana, it's about four years before I moved to California. And then I moved to Toronto last year.
1: All right. So then we California and then to Toronto. So you already had the process. All right. So talk to me now. So from doing that, that's kind of hands off. How much time yeah. do you say you spend a week during your real estate business, your rentals, your property management, and your flips? What do you say?
0: If I spend more than half hour a day, that means something has really gone wrong on average.
1: Oh wow! So you're about yeah. two and a half hours a week. That's pretty yeah, true. two to two three hours. hours
0: a week. If it's more than that, then something has gone wrong somewhere where I need to get involved.
1: Okay. So what do you do with your free time?
0: Where did that lead you to? The software company yes. is kind of what that led awesome. me to. If I had not moved to California, I don't think I would have started the software company. You know, maybe I would have been in that local market and would not have looked at my business as an outsider, so to speak. You know, I had systems and processes, but until I moved away. You know, I didn't realize the need to just have everything in one place. I think that was the biggest need that we're serving with our software is you have the ability of the entire team to be on the one software, right? From our marketing team to our, you know, acquisition team to our project management team, even to our bookkeeper all be in the same software. I think that's kind of what I needed. When I moved to California, if there had been something like that or close enough, then I would not have started the company, but there was not anything, you know, that kind of served what we were looking for. So we decided to start the company and kind of just grew from there. So the whole idea with what we're doing at G Simply is to have a software that essentially, you know, you don't need different software to run your business, right? I mean, if you're doing marketing for you are doing lead management, if you're you need to make a call in the text. You should be able to do all of that from one software in this day and age.
1: All right. So it's re simply R E and then simply it's S I M P L I. Yep. Correct. Okay. So tell everybody out there who's using all kinds of software, right? They got a CRM, they got a texting for this, they got a texting. Maybe they do bring this voicemail, maybe they do mailers, of course, they cold call, maybe they do whatever it is they're doing, right? In the business. So how does your software help them?
0: Like, yeah, essentially like, we'll help. start with mostly everybody that uses our software is using for the CRM part of it, right? Okay. It's, you know, your leads come in, you might be doing driving for dollar, you might be doing cold calling, texting, whatever you might be doing. Then you would use something like we simply as your central hub to manage all your leads. I like put them on a drip campaign, for example, I like put them on, on a drip campaign. Most of the deals that we buy are coming from automated follow-up. You know, we have very rarely, we have somebody said, Hey, I have this property I'm ready to sell right now. It's $200,000 property. I want hundred thousand cash for it. You know, and I want to close in a week. It does happen sometimes, but very, very rare. Most of the properties we buy come from drip campaign. Uh, and we look at other investors that are using our platform, how they're buying strip campaign automated follow-up. So that's where something like recently would help is you have a pipeline built in, and then you can put a lead on you know, manage your leads, call them, text them, send them RBM, send them direct mail, you know, send them email, for example. And once you have that lead, and then let's say, you know, get a property into contract now, you can keep a list of your buyers database, text them from within the system, you know, call them, uh, send them an email. So you have your entire, essentially your leads and your buyers in one system. And then also we have list stacking. So, you know, if you're doing marketing different lists, you can keep that all in one software and just manage your different marketing, right? If you're pulling different lists for direct mail, cold calling, you know, you don't want to send direct mail to the same person twice because they just happen to be on two different lists. You know, you want to get a little bit more targeted mailing done to them. So that's something we can help with also. At the end of the day, you know, we give very, very in-depth KPI analysis because everything is like so integrated. So we can tell you kind of what campaign is working best for you. So, and which one is not working. And you can see for every dollar that you're putting in marketing, how much money is coming back into the business. So you always focus on the marketing that's giving you the highest ROI. Well,
1: that is awesome. And like, what kind of deal flow would somebody need to start using ReSimply? Like, what do you, uh, 10, 10, I mean, 10, we, leads, 10 leads a month, 10 leads a day. What would you say?
0: Uh, I mean, I would say we have people with different background, like people who are just getting started all the way up to people doing 100, 150 deals a year. But typically anybody, you know, that is getting at least 10, 15, 20 deals a month, some good leads, you know, then it would be a good system for them to just be able to stay on top of the leads, right? I mean, and automate a lot of things in your business. So like about 15, 20 leads a month would be a good volume for someone.
1: Okay. And then you offer like different platforms, different uh, like here's the software, you put it together, or like, here's a turnkey. Here's some it's basic no templates, question. things like that.
0: Yeah, it's all fully built out. So, oh, good, um, good. I mean, that that was another thing that you know we wanted to bring to the market is where we want real estate investors to be real estate investors and not be software developers. We don't want them to be worried about, how do I do this integration? How do I do with that integration? You know, no, just, it's built in, just log in and start using it from day one. I mean, like, yeah. from in a minute.
1: That is awesome because I'm a big fan of an easy button. You know, if you can exactly. make it easy yep. for me, I don't want yeah, to spend, no, was, you know, the next absolutely. people say, yeah, I, I can get a CRM up and running in a week. No, it'll take you three months. I mean, yep. you know, it'll take now a long time.
0: No, you you log in, set up an account yeah. and buy a phone number and start calling right away. Yeah. Yep. Now, I mean, the, we we're very intentional about like the name company we named simply because we wanted it to be very simple. That was like, we wanted it to be, yes, there's a lot that goes on in the backend, end of how everything is built, but the front end has to be very simple to use.
1: Yeah, definitely has to be. And uh, I guess people to, especially if you're not system, process driven kind of person, yes. you're out there, just want to close deals or whatever your, yep. your personality is, whatever your, your, your trade is, whatever you're good at. And uh, you don't have to worry about that CRM part because that's huge. I know that uh, most sales come in between eight and 12 touch, right? Yep. You call absolutely. them once, call them again, text them, mail them, text them, bring this voicemail, email them. And at some point on the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th touch, that's when you end up closing the, the sales. So if you don't have that on your business, your CRM,
0: oh, you're, yeah. you're, I mean, you're you letting 90% well. of
1: your sales go away.
0: Oh yeah. Like you might as well not even be in the business. I mean, yeah, you're so right. 80 to 90% of your deals will come from follow-up. Like If, you, if you're the kind of person that gets discouraged on somebody saying, hey, I'm not interested, and then you're like, oh, it doesn't work, then you're, just, you're never going to be successful in this business.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing. Uh, how do people get a hold of you and if they got questions
0: on your, your software? Sure. I mean, they can go to resimply.com, R-E-S-I-M-P-L-I.com, and then they can contact from there. So anything that's specific to will get routed to me and I'll get back to you, uh, the person. But yeah, I mean, plus they can email us at info at or support at resimply.com. Yeah,
1: we'll make sure that that's in the show notes. Info at R-E-S-I-M-P-L-I dot com up before you go i appreciate you being on the show and i'm actually going to change to the favorite part of my show which is something that i call the naked truth roulette and basically what i'm going to do is i'm going to ask you three random questions okay. okay personal questions got nothing to do uh cool. with business nothing so we can just get a chance to know you
0: you ready all right as long as i don't have to get naked yeah let's no you have to get naked i know it's <laughs> the naked
1: truth but nobody loses their shirt <laughs> no, 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 i love nobody, it man let's do right, it nobody loses their socks all right start with the first spin. Let's go.
0: I love this roulette, man. This is wow. really cool. I haven't ever seen this. Yeah, thank it's you. Really cool.
1: All right. Let's see. First question. Okay. How do you feel about pineapple? Oh, dude, pineapple?
0: I love it. Love it. Look at that. You, you I, need, I, let me I finish. <laughs> I I have to say I'm a vegan guy, so I don't eat a lot of pizza. But you know, uh, now in the age, they do have vegan pizza. But pineapple, I have to have pineapple. I know. That is awesome. You didn't even yeah. finish. You're the first person to say, yep, yeah, absolutely. Oh, of course. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right. Question number
1: two. All right. This would be interesting. I think I might have heard some kids in the background. I'm not sure. So, have you ever cried at a movie? Uh, a couple of times. A couple of times? All
0: right. So, yeah. do you remember the last one you cried at? Oh, man. I haven't actually seen a movie in a long time, you know, with kids and all. But, yeah, I mean, I am I cry pretty easily at a movie. All right. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah so, yeah, I, I think we got that in common. Yeah. Um, we get on there and, uh, I don't know if you have girls, but I'll see a movie where the daughter is getting married and everybody looks at me like all oh, my kids my
0: wife, they look at yeah, right me yeah. my eyes are watery. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, oh, totally. Yeah, I have a I have I'm just one thinking about daughter. The future, yeah. Oh, know? yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Last
1: question. Last question. Okay. Is there such a thing as no stupid questions? Not really. No? I mean,
0: after okay. a point, yeah, there they can be, but, but very rarely. Not really, but it can be. All right. Yeah.
1: But so, yeah, because, you know, if you don't ask those questions, right, I guess, well, for me, like if, when I answer this question, I did a podcast where I answered each one of these and I'm like, yeah, there is such a thing as stupid questions because I ask stupid questions all the time and, but you got to ask questions, you know, you got to ask questions, get them done.
0: But, you know, I mean, I don't know if you guys, if you've heard of, like Simon Sinek, you know, he's a leadership coach. So he actually has a video on be the idiot in the room. Like sometimes you have to ask yeah. it's uh, like, yeah, if, of, if you Google Simon Sinek idiot, I think that's the, I mean, it just basically talks about sometimes, you know, you have to like, if, you know, if you're in a room of 10 people, nine people are saying one thing, but if you don't agree or something, you know, you don't agree with, just be the idiot and ask the question. Just don't go with the hurt mentality. You know, maybe sometimes you have a different perspective looking at things, but there can be some stupid questions, but if you are not sure, it's always better to ask that question and don't worry about how people judge it.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You survived. Thank you, man. The Naked Truth roulette.
0: Cool. Yeah. Thank you, man.
1: All right. Well, I appreciate you being on the show, taking some time off your busy day and joining us. And I'll make sure that everything is your contact information is in the show notes. Uh, reach out mm-hmm. to Sharad for R-E or ReSimply, to automate your real estate business. I appreciate you being on the show. I am Javier Hinojo. Don't lose your shirt. Just as promised, I like to give out free stuff, some tools and tips that's actually helped me in my business. There's nothing out there like getting some free stuff that people have spent a lot of time, energy in putting together. It's like a referral. Somebody asked me for an electrician. You don't know what kind of brain damage I had to go through to give you this good referral for an electrician. You got to appreciate referrals from people, okay? Because they went through a lot to find that one good person. So I'm going to give you my due diligence template for buying apartment buildings. It's attached to monday.com. It is an affiliate link, so they're going to send me a kickback. Not a lot, but a little bit. But you can either download it as an Excel or you can put it on monday.com. Monday.com is pretty cool because it's a project management platform software. It's super cool. I use it all the time for my social media, for my team, tracking deals, doing tasks, for everybody, it's uh, it's actually pretty good. You can track construction. It's a project management platform. It's a really cool Monday like the day monday.com. So my due diligence checklist is there for free for you. This has been the naked truth. Our mission is to give it to you raw. If you got value from this episode, you're invited to leave an honest written review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.